0: Welcome to Unconformed Podcast. This is a 30-ish minute podcast created by Darius Watkins and Ryan Thomas. We are two black males discussing the intersections between faith and culture. So join us on this ride while we chop it up for the next 30-ish minutes. All right. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. This is Ryan Thomas, and I am here for Unconformed Podcast. Uh, Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Today. We have a special guest. Darius is not here today because the thing we're talking about today is The Woman King, the movie, and he hasn't seen the movie yet. So he's kind of useless to this conversation at this point in time. So instead of Darius, we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine. Uh, She is a writer, a journalist, you know, a a myth, a legend. (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll let her introduce herself But her name is Laura Faith Kabidi How you doing, Laura?
1: Good, good Um, And you almost had it, it's Kabeta
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry Kabeta, Kabeta Forgive me, I'm sorry about that I've never actually said your name to you Your last name to you out loud before I just realized that
1: Yeah, (laughs) it happens with most people on their first try So it's totally fine Okay,
0: Laura Laura Kabeta Right? Mhm. All right. Yeah. So, Laura, before we get started, could you tell the good people who you are? Tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: Um, well, I am a journalist. I live here in Memphis. I moved here in 2016. Um, I am a lover of chocolate in the outdoors. Ooh. But not camping. <laughs> I I'll go for outdoors and stay out inside, you know, all day. But
0: when it comes to going to bed, I am not going to be in a tent. It's going to be my bed. <laughs> yeah. You had me at chocolate. I, yes. I think, that's, I think that's a good way to start off. And she also writes for the New York Times people. All right. So we're talking about A-level journalism right here. Okay. It's not your mama's journalist. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? Love of Christ, godly woman, righteous woman. Mm, anything like that
1: oh well thank you Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah by the way she is my sister's roommate shout out Sharina (laughs) there we go um,
1: yeah right now I work at uh, University of Memphis and occasionally write for the New York Times let's not overstate anything Um, but (laughs) it has been fun Um, I love uh, writing I love uh, being able to talk to people and I was like yeah "Yeah, journalism does both of those things let's do that (laughs)
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, cool. Well, as you all know by reading the title, we're talking about The Woman King, the movie today. I want It's good to have a, a woman's perspective on this conversation as well, obviously. So we have a woman king with us today named Laura. And I want to tell everybody, this is a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie, just go ahead and turn the podcast off right now because you, you, you don't want spoilers on this one. You want to watch the movie first. Ain't that right, Laura?
1: That's true. Yeah, there's some good twists that you're going to want to pay attention to and not have a spoiler for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So that was just spoiler alert. And uh, so I'll just give a brief synopsis in my own words of what The Woman King is about. So uh, the movie takes place in the 1800s in West Africa. The tribe is called the Dahomey tribe, uh, and we are focused on a group of women warriors called the Ogoji Fight on behalf of the tribe. Now, these women train and live within the walls of the king's palace where they can take no husband, they can bear no children, but they are paid and well taken care of. And we follow the story, which is a story of war, loyalty, courage, um, as the Agoji general prepares to become the woman king. All right. So, before we get into some of the like elements of the actual film. Um, I believe we are in the midst of a woman empowerment renaissance in the film industry. Um, you know, you have the Woman King, which depicts you know um, obviously a tribe of women who are fighters. Um, you have Captain Marvel, who is the strongest woman in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, you have um, the Scarlet Witch, uh, which is Wonder Maximoff, who is second most powerful in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, you have She-Hulk, who's just uh, has a series out on Disney Plus right now. Uh, You have uh, Jane Foster, who is the female Thor that was introduced this year. Um, And then depending on when this episode is released, we will have our Shuri uh, in the Black Panther movie. She will be the new Black Panther um, in Wakanda movie that's coming out in the middle of November. So, You know, just so many different women being represented in film. Um, And, you know, I actually think that with Chad with Bozeman passing, that that one is a little bit more coincidental that Shuri is now the Black Panther. But it's kind of like in line with this renaissance that's happening anyway in the film industry. And so what are your thoughts about, you know, what seems to be this woman empowerment renaissance? Do you think the industry is nailing this? You like it?
1: Well, I think in almost all of the examples that you gave, they already existed. They just weren't represented. So like the tribe so in West Africa, like they they already been did their thing. We're just now hearing about it and like being able to interact mm-hmm. with that. And so a lot of times when it comes to like the strength of women, that's always been there. It's just whether it's uplifted or highlighted or like brought to the forefront and even like with the comics Mm -hmm. like if i'm not mistaken sure he does become the black panther at some point and that's correct you know captain marvel like you know these these were made what in the 70s um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so like that already existed we just get to see it now in a like a on a larger Platform like in a, in a larger way. And so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it goes really well with just like women always been doing their thing. It's just, do we give them the recognition? Um, and so yeah. this is kind of that recognition moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were 100% correct. All of those examples I gave, She Hulk, you know, uh, Captain Marvel being a woman who was pow- most powerful. You know, all of them existed in the 70s and, and 80s and things of that nature. So you were 100 percent correct about all of that. And I, I forgot to mention the Dora Milaje, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was kind of like the woman king before it was like the army of women before the woman king. You yeah. Know.
1: From what I heard, um, the uh, they were based off of uh, the tribe that is depicted in woman king. Um, I can see that. So, yeah, and and there's so many other examples. I mean, a little bit of background of me. My mom is African American. My dad is from Ethiopia, and so um, in Ethiopian history, there are women who were emperors and warriors. Um, and there's other places in West Africa where um, women were warriors and you know legends. Mm. Um, and so it's. That's always
0: been there. It's just not recognized usually. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so, you know, back to the Woman King, I do want to shout out Viola Davis. I know you're yes. listening, Viola. I know you're listening. Shout out to you. <laughs> she did a fantastic job. Lashana Lynch did a great job. Thuso Bedu did a great job. John Boyot, oh, sorry. <laughs> John Boyega, there we go. Some of these names, I am reading them. I am like, whoa! But John Boyega obviously was the king. Amazing, amazing, amazing acting. I thought this film was a plus. You know, in production and execution, the tone of it, all of it was great. So now that we praised it, let's get into a couple of you know conversations that I've been hearing floating around the ether about this movie. All right. Okay. And, you know, I want to present myself as humble in this conversation. You know, I don't want to I don't want to present myself as someone who knows all the answers. I'm, I'm actually asking questions more than anything, because, um, you know, I think that this topic deserves respect. And I think the topic of women empowerment deserves to be um, talked about in a way that's like thoughtful, You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Especially as a man, you know, I was telling a friend of mine, like, I struggle having abortion conversations. It's just odd for me because that's not anything that I'll ever know about or experience. And so it's kind of like talking about it makes me uncomfortable. And so I feel the same way about this conversation when I'm talking about these topics. But let's jump in. Right. So I want to start by saying this. I believe the film was created to tell an amazing story, uh, give some historical insight about how things may have been in West Africa during the transatlantic slave trade. Um, I I do not think that it was to push an agenda. Um, I also don't think it was to uh, further a narrative about, you know, rebelling against gender roles or anything along those lines. I think it was just genuinely to tell a good story. Um what resonates with me in 2022 watching this film is that there is a sentiment in the black community that women shouldn't need a man. Um you know, it doesn't really matter if she has a man. And then this movie kind of comes along and now it's women you can protect the men and the king, you know. And you know, what makes my heart break is that women, I feel like, should be cared for uh, and cherished and protected and adored by their men, right? And it's, it's a difficulty because, um, and I'm, I'm trying to choose my words here, I don't think men should be absolved of that responsibility in any way because women are strong, right? Um, we should still be protecting, cherishing, caring for them. All right. And I'm concerned. I think my concern is if this could trigger um, even more fracture between the sexes, especially in the black community, when there has already been this sentiment of I don't need no man floating around our community in a way. Right. And so so, so, um, I think, you know, if people view this movie, I'm concerned that, you know, it could cause more of a fracture between the sexes if people view the movie as um, like if people view the movie as inspiration about what women should strive toward rather than being seen as a story about a time in a culture that was not ideal. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I have a question for you then, because I, I think there's a assumption in your question that those two things are mutually exclusive that like women can be strong and men and if if women are strong then men can't protect them or adore them like are you saying that those things are mutually exclusive or or did I misunderstand
0: no no i, I i'm not saying that um i think that both of those things can happen i think a woman can be yeah. strong yeah. and protected by a man a woman can be strong and be cared for and cherished and, and those things are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie takes it a step further in that in the movie, the, the women are actually, like there's not really any difference between the way the women are and the way the men are. And so but I don't want to move the conversation to like talking about gender roles yet, because that's not really what the heart of the question is. I think the heart of the first question is kind of like, do you think that um, because I feel like the black community is in a fragile state when it comes to this conversation around women and how they uh, live in their feminine, you know, th- that conversation is out there and how men lead in their masculine. And like, you know, we also live in 2022 where like people are fluid and, and gender is a social construct and, and things along those lines. And I think that because we're already in such a fragile state, that someone may see this as uh, an inspiration on something to strive toward in 2022. Like, hey, we should just get away from, you know, letting the men take care of us and we should just go out there and be, you know, the leaders almost. And I like I don't want to uh, phrase my question wrongly. Because I wanted you to hear my heart, I love this movie, right? But I want to also discuss that because it is being talked about online and on social media.
1: Yeah, and I think the 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 heart of what you were saying was that it was depicted as there wasn't much of a difference, and I think the mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily see a problem with that in the sense of like um, so when you're talking about a partnership between a man and a woman, um, like there are times where one is gonna be strong and one is gonna need to borrow that strength. And then there are other times where Mm -hmm. that's gonna need to be reversed. Like that's just part of like a good healthy relationship. I think a lot of relationships can fall apart when a man feels so much pressure to be strong all the time and like no room be weak ever
0: Mm. um yeah
1: yeah yeah. and so like that kind of framework is not only harmful for women it's i believe it's harmful for men too um Mm. because if you don't have room to fall apart sometimes then it's going to blow up somehow (laughs) and we don't want that we want we want our men to be you know emotionally and mentally healthy um and be able to ask for help when they need it and Um, like, Mm -hmm. have a safe space to do that in the same way for women. Like, we want, like, I think the strong black woman trope can be harmful sometimes. Like, it can be good in the sense of like, yes, I'm capable. um, And, uh, you know, I'm not helpless. But at the same time, I also need permission to fall apart sometimes, (laughs) and be careful and soft. And, um, and so especially for black women, because we never get that like permission to be less than perfect or yeah, to be less than perfect. Um, whereas white women usually do like, they're kind of seen as like, yeah, we'll give you whatever you want, name it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, so yeah, I think all of it has to do with balance of, um, men and women can be strong and men and women can be mm-hmm. weak and like Mm-hmm. Those two things can coexist together. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think that's really good what you're saying because it, it is definitely uh, a two edged sword that I grieve sometimes. Right? Or 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 there's two sides to the thing I grieve, and the one side would be I feel like sometimes men not stepping up to the plate. Now, obviously, in this movie, that's a little bit not the case necessarily. Um, we do know that they have uh, a religious belief about twin gods, right? And I think um, the the first one is a male named like Mahu or Manhu, and then the second one is a woman named Lisa or a female named Lisa. And those are the two gods that they believe in. And so in a way, they're living out their belief system. Like we believe that there's a male God and a female God, and therefore... We probably, you know, that probably causes them to see each other as true equals. Like men and women are true equals, just like our gods, and we can do exactly what men can do, and and even better. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that because I think that there's uh, it's truth to it. (laughs) Women can do uh, what men can do and better. You know what I mean? And so I think I think more of the the concept of masculine and feminine, right? they're hotly debated in, in today's society, that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some, like I said, some people call those qualities uh, social constructs. And I want to get your thoughts on this because from a from a biblical standpoint, I disagree with that. Um, you know, at the end of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, while giving some final words, he says, act like men. You know what I mean? 1 uh, Corinthians 16 verse 13 says, act like men. And he, he puts that in with a bunch of other admoni- uh, you know, admonishments to the men in the society. And so if we believe that the Holy Spirit inspired the text, then it's clear that God created men to be a certain type of way. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you couldn't make a statement like act like men if there wasn't some type of standard that God wired in for men, right? And so I think it's, it's not simply social rules that we're talking about here when we're talking about masculine and feminine. Right. Um, and if, you know, of course, the society informs that, like if you if you think about David, right, David was one of the greatest warriors who ever lived. You know, he killed a lion, a giant and a bear. But based off of 2022, he will be wearing what we would call what what would be equivalent to a skirt to us you know, in, in his day, we'd be like, oh, he's wearing a skirt. But none of us were as powerful and mighty as he was. He was a great warrior. You know what I'm saying? I've never killed a bear or a lion. So <laughs> he was manly, you know, by, by the society standards, even though the way he dresses, we would have thought was more feminine, right? So of course, society does kind of like inform those things. And so my question is, do you think our ability to understand what acting like a man is and acting like a woman is, is like waning as time goes on? Um, and how do you see that affecting things like relationships and families?
1: I think it changes. I think I I need to know more about what you mean by waning. Um, mm-hmm. But well, I can,
0: I can, I can add a little bit like,
1: okay. you know,
0: if a person says what is a woman? Like or what is a man? Like we should I believe that there should be like clarity in our answer. But it seems like as time goes on, you know, in the years as the years are going on, there seems to be less clarity in that answer. You know wow. what I mean? Okay. It seems like you know, hey, what is a man? What is a woman? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And, and it gets to the point where it's like there doesn't seem to be any distinct differences that are being like agreed upon.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? I, I mean, it was never agreed upon from the beginning of time. Like, I don't think there was ever a time where everyone was like, yes, we all know what a man is and what a woman is uh, because mm-hmm. it changed all the time. Um, mm -hmm. and I think going back to what you mentioned about religious beliefs and a biblical standpoint, um, the, the parallel I would see is God made man and woman in his image. Therefore, everything that a woman is, is in God. Like there's nothing, there's not like, even though the rest of the Bible uses the pronoun of he, like it still doesn't discount the fact that, like, as a woman, like, God's image is in me. And that therefore means that, like, God is just as woman as he is, you know, um, uh, man. Man,
0: yeah. and I mean, um, he he does it, yeah, 100%.
1: And so, and one of the, I guess, best exercises that really helped me understand kind of the feminine qualities of God was tracing – even that word um, is there um, that he describes a woman in, in Genesis um, uh, with the closest word in English would be helper. And usually now that's kind of more defined as like um, an assistant, a glorified assistant, basically. <laughs> um, but <laughs> if you mm. trace that word where it's ever, it's used in the Bible, it's way more, like substantive than like the modern eye usually gives it. Um, There's times where it's like, God is my help. Like it's that word, (laughs) you know, like, like he's, he comes to my rescue. Like he, like um, he is like that strength, that gird, that girdle to like keep me going um, which is way different than what I grew up in. In, in church, not necessarily in my home, but, like, in my church context was, like, you know, a woman is basically a glorified assistant. Um, and oh, so, like...
0: Sorry. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Yeah. And so, like, being able to, like, trace how God describes women mm. in his own words, like, as an expression of his image gives, mm-hmm. I think... A, a stronger foundation to talk about like what does it mean to be a woman, what a woman. does it mean to be a man? Amen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think even the word helper, if I'm not mistaken, I think is paraclete, which is like the and I, I gotta I gotta gotta look that up, make sure I got that right. Somebody send me an email, let me know if I got that right. But <laughs> um the helper is also the name of the Holy Spirit.
1: You know, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit
0: is the helper, you know, and the Holy Spirit is God. <laughs> so, yeah. so like, yeah, 100 percent in a way it's it's kind of odd to say. But like, just as you said, the man flows from God just like the woman flows from God. It's not a different source, you know, and so um, the the um, the homie tribe. They had this belief about these twin gods. And and obviously because of that, they had a lot of esteem um, and they had confidence in themselves because they were literally represented in the Godhead to see themselves as a part of the Godhead and respected in that way. Um, and, you know, in Christianity, we see a lot of, you know, great women, you know, that God uses in scripture whether it be Miriam or Abigail, Deborah, the judge, Priscilla, Aquila, you know, Queen Esther, like so many wise women of God. And so you kind of touched on my next question, which was, do you think Christian leaders do a good enough job pointing women to their feminine qualities as a place of power rather than a place to escape from?
1: No. (laughs) It's the short answer.
0: (laughs) I agree. I agree. I mean... I think that's part of the issue here, right? It's like it it femininity should be celebrated and it should be uh a place that's that's looked at as a place of power rather than a place to escape from. Like right? mm-hmm. it's the it's the place God has called you and blessed you as a woman, you know, to utilize your strength. And so yeah, I think we agree on that answer like very quickly. <laughs> and, but you know, like I said, all the women I named, you know, just as the Dahomey have their their twin gods, one male, one female, um, the Christian God is very much, um, you know, into using, utilizing, blessing, loving women, you know, all throughout scripture. And so we can celebrate that. And I think we have to do a better job in church and then, you know, as Christian leaders and as communicators of the gospel in making sure women feel valued um not in spite of their their feminine uh, or being a female being a woman but because of that <laughs> you know what i mean
1: yeah and i think that that most strongly comes out um in how the church doesn't know what to do with single women because they don't have a man attached to them to like give them standing or give them you know full worth you know they wouldn't say it like that but it's how the actions really flow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Because sometimes your actions can speak louder than your words and um and so mm. not being able to know like okay, so if you don't have a husband, I guess this time in your life is like uh is really just to prepare you for marriage. And it's like, well, it can be um mm. or I, you know, people, women. There are some women who won't get married, and and that's perfectly fine. They're not um, mm. uh, escaping their destiny or something, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the scriptures about well, how we um, uh, have Christ at the center um, mm-hmm. does not say have a man at your center, you know, mm, like, and so right. like my, my purpose in life is, is if it's preparing to be a bride, it's preparing to be a bride of Christ of anything. And right. like, and so, um, and so I think that's one of the, the quickest ways to kind of litmus test uh, when it comes to uh, how a church champions or doesn't champion women is, Look at how they, you know, treat their single women, um, whether that's young single women or older single women, you know? Um, Yeah. And do they see them as having full worth and value just as they are um, as complete daughters of the king, you know, and point period blank?
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I definitely agree. And, you know, um, I, at the end of the movie, the young warrior, Naui, um, she had an opportunity to run off and be with the man she liked. And she decided to stay and be obedient to her leaders for a change. Now, nah, I'm just kidding. She was <laughs> she was she was growing in her obedience to her leaders. But she did listen to the, the women and decided to instead of running off to be with him in love, she she didn't meet him at the boat. And, you know, actually, I thought that was a powerful moment, you know, because at the end of most movies where women are central, uh, the happy ending is to end up with the man. You know what I mean? And I think that just like you said, it's powerful because of, you know, what it says about singleness, Um, that singleness isn't like holding an L, (laughs) like her identity is outside of a man, you know? And that is healthy. (laughs) Like that's a that's a win. Because like we've said on this podcast before, like you need to be happy, healthy, and whole before you're able to get into a relationship in the first place. And I think that she got to that place where, you know, hey, I'm still not ready. I mean, who knows what'll happen in her future, but as of right now, I'm not gonna choose a man. I'm gonna choose to be loyal to the women who have helped me and you know, guided me along my way. And so Mm -hmm. I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good message for single women there at the end for him to be looking around and she's nowhere to be found, you know?
1: Yeah. And there's even a, uh, a test. I want to make sure I got the name right. It's called the uh, Bechdel test. Um, Mm. In movies where you measure how many seconds or minutes that two women in a movie are talking to each other, and it's not about a man. And you'd be mm. surprised how few movies actually pass this test. <laughs> wow,
0: like, I never heard of this. It's yeah. called the be- Bechdel test. How do you spell yeah. it? Yeah,
1: B E C H D E L.
0: D E L. Okay. Yeah, so it's um,
1: meant to be like a, a measure of representation of women in film. And so if you, if you know, two women are alone in some scene and they're talking about a man, that doesn't count. But if they're talking about mm. like literally anything else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then it counts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. That is such an interesting thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I loved Woman King so much was because, I mean, there was many times that they passed that test, but uh, mm. when uh, uh, the young girl is first introduced to the part of the palace where all the women warriors are i just yeah. immediately felt like a kinship with, with what was happening like there was women like just laughing in a circle like they were you know clearly like gossiping with each other about whatever and mm-hmm. um like doing each other's hair or like um,
0: dancing
1: dancing yeah like it was just very um playful i guess and like I was like, mm. man, I, I do this stuff with my friends, and you know, I, I felt like a kinship there, where, um, like this is kind of behind the scenes of what women do when they're alone, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, was just a really great moment to show, like, not only are they these fierce warriors that we saw at the beginning of the movie, which that scene was like super intense. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, <laughs> and um. And, you know, not just, like, in a choreographed, like, oh, like, I'm a sexy warrior. It was just, like, no, I'm just a warrior, you know, like, doing my thing. Um, And to contrast that, or not contrast, but just to have both in existence where it's, like, I'm a warrior and I'm, like, a woman who likes to play with other women's hair. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. Th- there's like that trueness to it where it's like they're still women <laughs> you well, yeah, know and they, just like they're enjoying their is, womanhood
1: is way more nuanced and complicated than we give it credit for or just a human experience honestly like yeah um, it's just way more complicated than the very rigid I would I would say like very rigid like gender roles that we give it now. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so rigid. I mean, it's like you step one, one spot to the, to the left or the turn to the right. And it's like, you know, it's like, really? Like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And I think uh, a part of my, you know, what my heart is at is my heart has been focused on families for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, you know, in 2022, in the West, in the United States, we're we're, we're growing more and more individualistic. Um, we're we're battling more. You know, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. Like Kevin Samuels didn't come out of nowhere. Fresh and Fit didn't come out of nowhere. These men making podcasts bashing women, or maybe not bashing, whatever word you want to use, um, they didn't come out of, come out of nowhere. And um, I'm like, man, how can we kind of like combat some of this? Um, like I hope I'm making my stance clear, right? And I have a lot of my statements written down tonight because <laughs> a friend of mine told me, man, write some of this down, man, because we gotta get these words together. <laughs> um, but you know, I hope I'm making my stance clear. This movie is amazing to me. I think it's inspirational to women. At the same time, in the black community, our families are unstable due not only to systemic racism but also due to men not acting like men and women who are left to fend for themselves. Right. Moreover, women can push away men by their masculine mindset. And that's the cycle I would love to see us break.
1: (laughs) Okay. So we're going to need to divine what you mean by men acting like men in a masculine mindset. What do you mean by that?
0: (sighs) Okay. So I guess when I think about men act like men, right. Um, men are not a monolith. Mm -hmm. Um, Men are not all the same. And, you know, I'll just start by saying what we're not, we're not all called to be macho fighters, (laughs) you know, aggressive, cold and emotionless. But, but men are, I I believe what, what makes a man, a man who's acting like a man, a man is a person who is. uh, About vision and purpose and 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 called to be uh, a, a, either a leader or or a um a developer uh, of, of something that is beneficial for the earth you know like we are, we're we're supposed to lead in 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 moving forward the glory of God in the earth you know what i mean in one way or the other And so I think the things that probably like unite men are just like uh, drive, um, you know, determination, Um, like, you know, if you're a real man, it should also be love. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And caring for other people and making sure people are protected and cared for and safe. You know, we build houses and cities and everything to make sure that kids and ch- women and children are safe and cared for. The women and children should be like our main concern to make sure that they are good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, if you're doing anything along those lines, and no matter what it looks like, you could be writing books to educate people or entertain them. Anything that you're doing, you can be a writer, an artist, an actor, you, you can all be men as long as you're you're cultivating this earth for the glory of God in a way that's like a leader, a leader would. Um, Now, as far as the masculine mindset, um, (laughs) that's a little bit tougher. I don't want to sound like an expert on that one. I think what came to mind when I said that was kind of like, um, just kind of like uh, a woman who has been uncared for for so long that now she's hardened her heart to care from a man (laughs) and like, because she's hard in her heart, um, she's kind of become a little bit more, um, you know, she's displaying traits that are not, uh, as agreeable. And, you know, um, she may not want to be, you know, um, I'm nervous, (laughs) i am nervous where's darius hey we need to get darius in here (laughs) but you know what i'm trying to say though like in the black community there's there's a lot of this sentiment you know where it's just like i am an independent woman i don't need no man i don't need this i don't need that it's like you know just that mindset of get out the way i got it like i don't need y'all i don't like Mm y'all
1: (laughs) Yeah, And like, when I hear you, you that's really helpful definitions, because when I hear those two things, like when you were describing, um, be a man, basically, I heard like, responsible, caring adult, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you know, someone who's like, taking responsibility for themselves and the people that are, you know, entrusted to them, and like have purpose and drive. Um, you know, that, that to me just sounds like someone who's like a healthy human being who's an adult <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. and sure. then when you, and that was really helpful what you said about the masculine mindset. Cause to me, that just sounds like a woman who's been hurt, you know? And like, yeah, and just like, is there, is now having like these defense mechanisms yeah. that may feel like are protecting her, but often are just like keeping her from any future, you know, opportunity for love. And so, yeah. um, so I don't think that's necessarily a masculine mindset. I think that's just like a, a coping mechanism that can be harmful um, because ultimately, yeah. yeah like when you're know, going back to what I said about single women, like it's not about like whether we need a man or vice versa that, I mean, needs a woman. Like it's yeah. about, being able to show up for each other and like want to be there um and that's where a place where love can really grow deep and grow you know because if it's coming from a place of need then it's probably based on like i have way too high unrealistic expectations of you because i need you to survive Mm -hmm. you know versus like hey like you're my partner in life and like we're gonna like do this together and like figure it out Mm -hmm. um and like that's a much healthier place to come from. Um so in that yeah. sense, I do agree with like you don't need a man, but, but like at the yeah, same time, yeah. that that shouldn't like cut you off from any uh future opportunity um for love to come in. Um yeah. and so um so yeah, I think that's really that was really helpful the way you explained that because I wouldn't have used those same labels, but I agree with the the, the underlying sentiment. sentiment
0: of what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, 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 most definitely. And, you know, we what, what what I care about as families, I know that we have to work together, men and women, you know. Mm-hmm. We have to um, come together, and we should be, you know, striving for unity. And uh, like I said, um, I don't think this movie is anti any of that stuff, right? Right. Uh, we're just using that, some of the... The conversations that we've been seeing um, online to using the movie to frame some of those conversations, and then also a few things that have been on my heart personally. But Laura, I definitely appreciate you. You definitely uh, brought a lot of clarity and like helped me flesh out some things. I want you to be my therapist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't got a license for that, but <laughs> we can <have> any
0: time. <laughs> I could like use this. it could be good. But, but yeah, it's been good. I think we went a little bit over time. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. We got to have you back on the show when, when Darius is on. though. But um, before we go, tell all the people how they can reach you, whether it be a social media or websites, whatever.
1: Ooh, Well, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, through the work that I'm doing at the University of Memphis, um, recently launched a podcast called Civil Wrongs. And um, it exam- each season examines um, a case of racial terror in the Mid-South in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and uh, come January, we're going to be adding students to that work as well. Um, and I'm really excited okay. about that. So the first uh, season came out a few week- weeks ago um, and is about a 1917 lynching here in Memphis um, okay. where thousands of people literally showed up and people sold gum, and, like, sandwiches, like it was a carnival. Um, Oh, wow. And it has a lot of implications for how we police today, um, especially when it comes to false confessions and um, interrogations. So I highly recommend y'all check that out and let me know what you think.
0: Okay. And give them where they can find it again.
1: Um, The best place would be psrmemphis.org.
0: There we go. I want everybody listening to log in right now. Stop stop the podcast and log in. No, actually <laughs> finish up. We almost done. Finish up. Finish up. <laughs> All right. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being on, man. I, I told you we were gonna have you on. Me and Laura went I Saw Woman King together as a group. So <laughs> I told her that night.
1: <laughs> yes, and it was, it was uh, uh, I mean, just the most Memphis night I've had in a while because yeah. I love going to movies in Memphis where everything is interactive, people clapping, oh, you know, yes. yelling at the crying. screen. <laughs> I love it. I love they it. They were
0: crying <laughs> in there. <laughs> and check out Woman King if you haven't checked it out. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Unconformed Podcast. Please, if I said something that, that was wrong, please forgive me. I'm just trying to flesh out some thoughts. Uh, but if you have any uh, things you want to complain about, send it to Darius Watkins. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on, Laura. All right. Bye. Uh, all right.